Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And then imagine having this girl get close to you, give you advice, wipe your tears, come for you while you cry over a man that took a one-way trip to her vagina hole three months ago, and you have no idea, like you're joking. The way I would feel like a forking moron, now that's dishonesty. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. It's Violet Benson, your favorite meme queen and the big sis you didn't ask for, but need. Welcome to Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Are you ready? Hi, besties, and welcome to a brand new Almost Adulting, the largest self-love podcast and movement, your number one destination for personal growth and mental health. I am your big sister and your host, Violetta. Today, I decided to do Benson Knows Best, but it's all about Love is Blind, season five. I don't know if you guys have been watching, but I decided to watch it so we can talk about it because I thought, why not try some reality TV with you, okay? So normally, normally when I watch reality TV shows, I get super bored, especially in the beginning, same way I am in relationships. And normally I just fast forward to the second episode, but this time for you guys, I rewatched it twice. I did get bored by the fourth episode after rewatching for the second time, but let's talk about it, okay? So, so far we have four episodes on Love is Blind. It's very unhinged. <laughs> and first I said, let's talk about first impressions. Let's just get into it, okay? So my first impression is, how are these people in their 20s? You're telling me that Izzy is 29 years old in human years or in dog years? Because that grown-ass adult, grown-ass man is looking like he's nearing 39. You're telling me that I am five years older than Izzy, because I'm 34, five years older than that fisherman that looks like he could be my father, who wouldn't love me, and then a year older than Stacy, who looks like my older aunt. Like, what is in the food in the show? Like, I can't tell if when people go on these reality shows, if they're actually secretly lying about their age. And then that's just kind of what Google ends up putting. Like, I'm starting to have a theory that everyone on reality TV lies about their age. I'm just saying. Maybe I've been watching too many Korean shows, but I swear these American reality TV shows, everyone looks older than their actual age and it throws me off. So yeah, that's that. But let's start with first impressions on the people. So first I want to start with Jared, just because he made a comment on the first episode about his size, that he felt like he's too small and that's why he struggles with dating. And the reason I wanted to bring him up, even though he's not really on the show, is because he did something that so many of us do, which was him projecting his insecurities, assuming that the first thing that everyone else sees when they see him, which is what's stopping him from putting himself out there and dating in reality, is his size. The truth is, no one is thinking about us as negatively as we do about ourselves. 
it's kind of like when you have a pimple on your face and you keep thinking, oh my God, everyone's going to notice, like everyone's looking at my pimple. And then eventually you start pointing at your pimple without even realizing that's what you're doing. Or you start saying things like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. My pimple is so gross right now. Like I, I'm, I shouldn't have left my house. So you end up being the one who brings up attention, who brings attention to your insecurity. When in reality, if you didn't mention it, no one else would have noticed, you know? And that's why it's so important to love the current version of yourself, not your potential, not you five pounds lighter, not you when you'll get that promotion or when you'll get that hair transplant. You got to love yourself at who you are right now, including what you consider your flaws to be. Because if you don't, you will subconsciously build up this huge wall with others, pushing people away and then creating a false reality in your head. And then the wall that you're going to build will end up being so tall and so thick that no one is going to want or bother to break through it. So that was just my two cents. And that's why I wanted to bring up Jared really quick, even though he's not on the show, really. Okay. So my next first impression was Chris. So Chris basically made a comment that he said normally just of my looks people think I'm like a playboy who just kind of plays with so many different girls and I couldn't believe when he said that because he looks like a little puppy so I was just watching it thinking like okay Chris are these people who think that in the room with us right now because I wish I lived my life as the Lulu as that guy I will say though jokes aside Chris gives off very golden retriever vibes. He did grow on me throughout the last four episodes, and he does seem like he's a good partner and a caring partner. I think he made the right decision because boy or girl, no one should ever feel like a second option. We all want to be someone's first choice, and he deserves that. We all do. I was honestly very proud of Chris watching him choose himself first, and I hope that other people that are watching it and inspires viewers to kind of put themselves first as well. Love is a gamble. And unfortunately, these are the consequences of actions. When someone has options and then they put you to the side or break up with you thinking that they can find someone better only to realize that the grass is not greener on the other side. And that's why they finally come back. It happens, you know? So I think that was a good eye opener to see what happened when Joni decided to come back to Chris and he just decided to choose himself first because when you let someone go, part of it is having to then be okay that they might not be there when you come back. So let that be a good lesson for anyone watching, whether they are the dumper or the dumpy, because no one deserves to be a second option. You deserve to be chosen. You deserve to be loved and you deserve to be someone's first choice. So don't settle for a maybe or being second best. Missing this year for your pancakes? And no, I'm not talking about my kitty pancakes. And no, that is not a nickname for my V. It's my cat. But my cat is off limits. I'm talking about the pancakes you were planning on making for your situationship that slept over, even though you have a no sleeping over rule. You should know better, bestie. So whether you want to make pancakes or you need a coffee creamer or just tissues to cry again... (laughs) DoorDash Grocery Delivery got you covered. It is today's podcast sponsor. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. So you guys better listen up. 
You have trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can also get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you will find the best in your neighborhood, and you also boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered, or they will make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries, just like you pick them. Want even more value? You can now save on all of your groceries and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. With easy substitutions right in the app and best in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. I use it, so I think you should too. And right now you can get 50% off of your first DoorDash order, up to $20 value when you use my code, adulting23 at the checkout. Okay. Limit time offer terms apply. That is 50% off of your first order up to $20, no minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app in the app store and enter my code adulting23. So don't forget that is code adulting23 for 50% off of your first order with DoorDash. Not only will you be getting groceries, but you'll be supporting my podcast as well. Love ya. Moving on to Joni. I think I'm saying her name right. I actually really liked her. I don't hold it against her or judge her for what she did with Chris because I genuinely think so many of us do this so often without even realizing that we do this to people. Sometimes we put them on the back burner just in case. So I hope that again, hopefully for her, it's a life lesson and she can maybe learn from it. I don't feel like she has on the last four episodes, but maybe when she watches it, she will, because I think she seemed like a very intelligent person. She seems like a giver. She's clearly a caretaker who tries to take care of people. It was alarming that she was married to someone she didn't love, yet the love of her life was someone who chose drugs over her, aka someone who was in a position where they could never love her. Because when someone is abusing substance, their first love will always be the substance that they are abusing. The love of her life was someone who didn't love her back, someone that never actually chose her or put her first, which means that something about a person like that validates for her how she feels about herself deep down. She either feels like she needs to chase people and earn their love based on her past trauma growing up, or it means that deep down she believes that she's not worthy of love, And then for whatever reason, hence, that is why she was crying at her mother's comment where her mom said, maybe you're not meant for a relationship. Clearly that comment struck such a chord with her. And it's also that would magnify the reason why she pursues people from her ex to Izzy who are not fully in because it validates how she actually feels about herself deep down, that she's not good enough. So she's repeating a pattern with Izzy by dating the same guys over and over and over again, just in different bodies, hoping that eventually the scenario will change and that this time, whoever this person is, they will finally be able to love her and she'll be able to win this person's love, which is why she was so drawn to Izzy, whether she's repeating the pattern with her ex that passed away or I don't know. But unfortunately, it will never happen. You will never get the validation you're looking for when you keep dating the same person over and over again, when it's a trauma response, the only way 
you will be able to get the validation that you need will be from within when you break the pattern yourself. And to break that pattern is you have to figure out why am I drawn to these types of people? Where is it coming from? How do I heal my inner child and give myself the love that I'm clearly craving from other people who will never give it to me? So again, I'm being obviously too nice here, but I do like her. Don't worry. I won't be nice for the rest of the... When we talk about Lydia, I'm going to have opinions. So I just wanted to get all the other stuff out of the way first. So again, I really liked her. I'm glad though that Chris chose himself and he was able so far in the last four episodes break his pattern because she would have hurt him without meaning to and she needs to work on herself first instead. She said that her ex-husband was just a rebound. Like a husband to be a rebound is wild. So I can see why that would scare anyone. And she was ready to repeat her pattern with rebounding just to have someone around after she felt hurt by Izzy. Like she was apologizing to Chris while having a mouthful of food. How can anyone take that person seriously? Like she was so not serious. And then she even mentions, so engagement? Like, are you ready for an engagement? Like, are you joking? It wasn't about her wanting to marry, be engaged to Chris. It was about her wanting to be engaged to whoever was sitting in front of her because she felt rejected. She was ready to just rush to the altar just so she wouldn't feel that emotion. And then she goes back to the girl's room to gossip, Joni. Joni goes back to the girl's room to gossip about Izzy. And she says things like, oh, well, he just signed the lease and his credit score isn't that great. So obviously he's like not ready for a commitment. Girl, he just doesn't want a commitment with you. Like, are you joking? The fact she's like, his credit score is not that good. So like, what a blessing, what a blessing <laughs> that I did end up with him. And then she goes how like Stacy is Izzy's Chris. And how Izzy will never be happy with Stacy because of it, because then they'll never last. Like imagine if Chris actually agreed to be with her and then he would have to watch back that she said that. She was totally ready to marry a rebound, just not be alone. Like, I'm sorry, Chris deserves better. What a blessing for him that so far it seems like he chose himself and his own self-esteem. I hope she learns how to love herself because she deserves to be loved. Everyone makes mistakes. She still deserves to be loved. She seems like a sweet, genuine, smart human being with a big heart. She just needs to heal. So I hope that eventually she watches these episodes and she's going to stop chasing emotionally unavailable people and learn that real love is meant to be easy, especially in the beginning. You don't have to chase people to love you. You don't have to work that hard to make them stay. You don't always have to be the only one who takes care of them. I hope that she and whoever's listening will find someone who will take care of her as well, because it must be hard to always be the one to take care of everyone else. I hope that Joni is able to heal herself before she will give herself to someone else again. Okay, so that's that. Next, we have JP and Tyler, aka Sugarbutt and Sugar. <laughs> when they met each other, they were so awkward. The silence was deafening and the constant Tyler constantly saying, I like your face. I like your face. Like, who were you trying to prove that statement to JP or yourself? <laughs> My prediction for JP and Tyler is that they are giving me very much Irina and Zach season four vibes from Love is Blind. So I don't see them lasting. I think the way Tyler brought up the looks, which was 
kind of weird. Like the way she, she was like, honestly, in the real world, like I would never actually go after him because like the gap between his teeth, but you know, looks don't matter anymore to me. Like looks just don't matter to me anymore. Like you can't just judge someone because what they look like, like saying that on national TV about your future husband is crazy. (laughs) I mean, personally, imagine you think you met the love of your life and you're so excited. And then you watch on TV, you're sitting next to your person and you watch on TV months later or a year later and you hear your dude say, you know, I used to really care about looks, but then after I met Violetta, I was like, maybe looks aren't everything. Maybe there's more to people, like what's inside. And normally I wouldn't be attracted to someone who looked like her, but now I said, maybe it's time to grow up. And I fell in love with her personality because her looks are not that grave to me. Like I would die, I would die. I would pray that the ground opens up and then just eats me. Okay, now let's get into what I've been dying to talk about. The reason the ratings are going to be insane for this show. The producers got the perfect castmate and they ran with it. They found a little crazy person and they knew it was going to make the show. I'm talking about Lydia, Oche, Alaya, and Milton. First of all, Milton is adorable and needs to be protected at all costs. So definitely someone help him get a restraining order from Lydia. So let's do first impressions of Lydia. Personally, I think she's the best. I'm kidding. (laughs) My first impression of Lydia is that she is a walking red flag. I thought this from the minute she came on the show. She seemed like a walking red flag. There was something off about her from the beginning Because I personally believe that people that are this loud normally is because they have something to hide. Whether it's pain or lies or something, but they are masking who they are by putting on this overly loud persona that never shuts the fuck up. First of all, I looked up her job because I was wondering how she was a geologist, which sounds like a very serious job. And I did find that she is not a full geologist he's actually geologist too and her position is assistant project manager I don't know why I had to just I needed to better understand who this person was so I think it means it's kind of in LA terms would be the difference between a talent agent and an assistant talent agent I think I could be wrong but the reason I looked into it was because she gave off the same energy as Lilla from Heartbreaker Kid Lilla from Heartbreaker Kid with Ben Stiller and Malin, where Ben Stiller rushes into getting married because Lilla is an environmental researcher and her job wants to send out all the single people to Holland. So that's why Ben Stiller ends up marrying Lilla and they go to Mexico for their honeymoon, blah, blah, blah. And then it turns out to be that she basically embellished her title and she's actually an unpaid volunteer and the thief that stole her bag was her ex and she's insane. I mean, I'm sorry, but the jobs are similar in even their names, like Lydia and Lila. Lila, Lila, probably mispronouncing it, forgive me. I don't know. It just gave me the same energy. Like, what the hell? Did Ben Stiller actually date Lydia and he wrote the show about the movie about her? I don't know. I thought it was interesting. Okay. So first, the reason that was my impression was because at first when Lydia was talking to Izzy, you can tell Izzy wasn't that into her. And she's like, oh my God, Izzy, we have so much in common, like blah, blah, blah. She was literally the only one talking. How would you know you have so much in common when you don't actually allow other people to speak? And then she was like, do you feel the same way? Like, oh my God. And he's like, he literally goes, "Uh uh-huh. 
And then she goes, I just want to feel you. And he grunts uncomfortably. And then she's like, I feel like we have like no boring moments. Yeah, girl, of course there's no boring moments when you never shut the fuck up. You never let anyone else speak. If you just stop speaking for two seconds, you would actually be able to read the room. You would actually be able to see if someone's actually reciprocating back with you. It reminded me of the same vibe, the same energy when you go on a date with a very self-absorbed dude who talks about himself the whole time, never asking you one question. And then he, the end of the day, he says things like, I just love talking to you. I just feel like we get each other. You're not like other girls. Actually, if you got to know me, you would know I'm just like everyone else, maybe even a little worse, but you never asked me any questions because you were talking about yourself the whole time. Jesus, it's triggering because it's the same energy. And then when Izzy dumped her, I fell for her because she was crying and she said things like, I crave so hard to be loved so badly, aka what that means is I'm not even seeing anymore who is standing in front of me. It could be anyone since I just want to be loved. And then she says, I don't get it. Like, what am I not seeing here for him not to choose me? And it's literally the fact that if she opened her eyes, she would have seen that it was one-sided the whole time, just her talking. Like she was saying things like, I miss you. I want to touch you. And he never reciprocated, but she never paid attention because she was so desperate to be loved. So it's been interesting to kind of dissect and better understand the psychology behind the different characters on Love is Blind this season. So just based on that alone, I believe in my heart that she is not an honest narrator of her life, aka we cannot trust her current reality and what she believes her relationship was actually with Oche. That's kind of the conclusion that I was getting to. I don't believe that she is a true narrator of her own life stories. Now, speaking of Oche, Oche said that his biggest deal breaker is dishonesty, but then he lied about fucking Lydia, a girl he slept with three months prior. I don't know. I'm just saying the way I would feel like a total forking idiot that I was played by both of these people if I was a liar, like, are you joking me? Like you had so many times to tell me that the girl that's becoming my best friend who I have some weird, weird close relationship with, even though I barely know her, who I'm confiding in, you slept with three months prior. Personally, my biggest deal breaker is someone making me look like a fool. And I believe that they did just that. And then imagine having this girl get close to you, give you advice, wipe your tears, come for you while you cry over a man that took a one-way trip to her vagina hole three months ago, and you have no idea, like you're joking. The way I would feel like a forking moron, now that's dishonesty. I will say though, Alaya did have one red flag, and that is that she cheated. That wasn't the red flag though. It was that she lacked the self-awareness to take accountability for her cheating. That's in my opinion where the red flag came from, and that's where Oche wasn't wrong for feeling what he did. Anyone who is considering seriously dating someone for marriage would be a little apprehensive if they knew their current potential future partner cheated in their last relationship. That is a healthy, normal reaction to kind of be like, okay, wait, I need to process that. That's someone who loves themselves. Not only that, but 
I believe where Ochi was coming from had more to do with her lack of accountability, where she was not willing to take accountability for her actions than the actual cheating. Personally, as someone who has been cheated on, I wouldn't feel comfortable getting into a relationship with a man who cheated and then blame his ex-girlfriend for why he cheated because he wasn't satisfied sexually and then told me that it took him three months to finally tell his ex that he cheated and then to break up because he didn't want to hurt her. I'm sorry, but if the tables were turned and this actually happened to you or happened to me, all of you besties would immediately say, dump that guy. That person is a red flag. That man is a red flag and to run. And I told you, and if I told you, but, but he said he only did it one time. You guys will all tell me he's obviously lying. It's definitely more than one time. It's clearly a lie. So I'm not sure why in this case, we all kind of seem to gloss over it. I was reading all the comments of that part and we were all kind of defending Aliyah Alaya in that. I think she was wrong in how she didn't take accountability at first. I do love her though. I love that she's a nurse. I love that she's such a caretaker. I love how calm she is. I want her to be loved. I actually am secretly desperately rooting for Alaya and Oche, which is a very unpopular opinion. But I'm just saying that in that exact moment, Ochi's reaction and needing to think about it and process it because he seems very logical, 100% made sense to me. Does it take away from his super shitty behavior? No, but one thing at a time. <laughs> I'm just focusing on that. Okay, so the other day I found out that I was paying for a Disney subscription twice. The first time was because I signed up to watch Pirates of the Caribbean, the whole series on Disney Channel. And then I also found out that I was already paying for it through Hulu. So I don't know if you're like me, but do you ever just accidentally find any subscriptions that you forgot about or you realize that you paid twice for them and you never even realized? Well, guess what? I got your back because Rocket Money will cancel a subscription for you that was otherwise tricky or too time consuming. They will do it for you. Rocket Money will alert you when there's an increase in subscription price. It will even negotiate it. For you. How crazy is that? So if subscriptions are currently draining your wallet or is just another area where you believe that you can save money on, then you should definitely download it because the average person has around 12 paid subscriptions and they might not even remember subscribing to half of them. And you have no idea just how much you're ending up spending every single month for all these subscriptions. That is why you need Rocket Money. It's the best app that tracks all of your expenses so you know exactly where your money is going. It blew my mind when I found this out. Did you know that over 80% of people are stupid as me <laughs> who have subscriptions they've forgotten about? Seriously, think of how many free trials you sign up for and then you never canceled. That is why I'm such a big fan of Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your wanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Most people think they're spending $80 in their subscription, when in reality, the number is closer to $200 a month. So when you sign up for so many things like streaming services, for some show you used to watch and now you stopped or these free trials, it's so easy to lose track of what you're paying for. And that is where Rocket Money comes in. With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just a press of a button, normal long time holds or annoying emails with customer service. Rocket Money does all of the work for you. And they even negotiate for you to lower your bills for up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill 
And then Rocket Money takes care of the rest. How crazy is that? They have over 3 million users, including me, and counting. Rocket Money customers have saved an average of $720 a year. So stop wasting money on things you don't use and cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash adulting. That is rocketmoney.com slash adulting. Again, rocketmoney.com slash adulting. Not only will you be supporting your wallet, but you will be supporting my podcast. Love you. Anyway, I'm just saying it takes two people to be in a relationship and it's very normal in the beginning of a relationship for people to have these fears and get scared to jump into something with the fear of being hurt. Both people are scared. Both people are hurt. Both people are scared of getting hurt. So his feelings were valid and so were hers since she was vulnerable with him and then she was promised a safe space and then she didn't get it. So both of them were validated, but Oche did apologize later on. Anyway, okay, so moving on past this incident. So a small part of me did wonder though, if Oche played up him being upset because he wanted Aliyah to feel bad and to feel so bad and sorry because then it gave him the opportunity to finally drop the ball about Lydia without her being too pissed off, right? I wasn't sure if that was his plan because he does seem like a very smart and calculated person. So then it would be like, well, look, we both have a bad past. We both did things. But if I can forgive you for cheating and not taking accountability, then now you must forgive me about Lydia and not telling you that your best friend who's licking your butthole when the cameras are off, I also used to lick her butthole. I'm curious about that. What do you guys think? I only picked up on that because that's the tactic my ex used to do. When he did something really shitty, he would figure out something that I did and try to pick a fight over it. And then when I would be begging him for forgiveness, he'd be like, well, you see, then by the way, I did this, but I guess it's not as bad if I can forgive you. So that was just a thought that I had. Okay, but here's what I really want to talk about. When Aliyah cried, and Lydia, after she cheated, and Lydia came to comfort her, I got chills. I got actual chills when I rewatched, knowing exactly what was happening. Because you have to be a psychopath to be able to do that with a straight face. Like, was Lydia enjoying watching her suffer the way that she did? I literally had to rewatch that interaction twice. And the way this lady looked into her eyes and said in a creepy voice, I love you so much, baby. I love you so much. And then she says, you know what I believe? That he's not the one for you. Is this the guy that you really want to marry? Someone who's going to judge you this easily? And I don't want to say this, but you're just like me. And I could see this happening. What? Mindfuck. And then after she says that, the producers play a song, Got a Secret, I Got a Secret. They were literally telling us Lydia has a secret. She's not only batshit crazy, but she's about to skin Aliyah, which I'm, I feel like at this point I'm mispronouncing her name the whole time. Why did the whole cast on the show have to have such complicated names? Like even Johnny, her name is spelled not like regular Johnny, but then she, her name is Johnny. I don't get it. Aliyah, Aliyah. Well, luckily there's going to be four or five more episodes of the show. So by then I'll, I'll get their names properly. Anyway, it was such a mindfuck to watch that. Like, are you kidding me? 
run. That is not your friend. That is your enemy. That girl is not over Oche. That girl wants him for herself. She's not your friend. I genuinely have a theory that I think she found out from Oche's friends that he's coming on the show and she went on the show in the hopes that they'll get back together. Cause then she goes to her. I rewatched it and I wrote it down. She says, look at me, look at me. I'm the captain now. No, she goes, look at me. He needs to figure out what the fuck he actually wants. She's probably hinting, hoping that it's her, Lydia, hoping it's he wants Lydia. And it's like, Lydia, wake up. Whatever he wants, it's not you. Because that is clearly what you're still hoping for and holding a torch for while you enjoy watching this other girl cry over Oche. Then just when I thought it couldn't get any creepier and weirder, Lydia says, look at me, look at me. He might have a blind spot because you are me. You are so much like me. You and I are so similar. Believe me. Believe me. And that might be it. And then that song comes on. I got a secret in the background. That's crazy. That was so calculated. And it makes so much more sense after you watch the four episodes to go back to watch that scene. And I kid you not, this reality show turned into a horror movie in that moment. Tell me. This isn't the beginning of a horror movie because that gave me chills. Look at me. You're just like me. He might have a blind spot. Shut, shut the fuck up. And then she seems like she's drunk or on drugs or something, the way she talks, I swear. And then she says, it's happening for both of us with the creepy smile. It was weird. It was so creepy and scary. I couldn't defend the girl. It was weird. <sighs> anyway... Something about Lydia really scared me from the beginning because she's not a trustworthy narrator of her own life and there's something off with her. I am excited to see what happens on the next four or five episodes. I hope Oche and Alaya do end up together. I do have a theory that Lydia and Oche did not date since the pandemic. I think they banged and were talking or F buddies for a couple of months. And then I think here and there, he sometimes or her, she sometimes would hit him up and they would bang. And I think Oche was trying to be respectful, which is a mistake that he made because he's on TV and he's so proper and calculating. He's an attorney. He was trying to not make Lydia look bad, knowing that's her friend, Elias' friend. So he tried to say proper, nice things about her. But I think that's kind of when he made a mistake. So for him to be like, yeah, you and Lydia are so similar. You're both such wonderful women. Like... I would be mortified if the guy I'm potentially interested in thinks I have similarities to that stalker. I would be confused what his reality was and why he views me in that way. So I genuinely think they just fucked a few times. He didn't want to be disrespectful and say that part. I don't think they're actual exes. I don't think they plan to come on the show to be together, to get back together. In the beginning, he couldn't even recognize Lydia's voice. If they actually dated for more than a year, he would be able to recognize that woman's voice. He clearly didn't. So those are my two cents. I would love to know your two cents and I'm excited for the next episodes. Anyway, you guys, I love you. Don't forget to leave me a five-star review if you enjoyed this episode. If you didn't and you just enjoy me as a person, leave me a five-star review on the Apple podcast. I read all of them and they're always really helpful to my podcast. I feel like I talked a lot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> DM me on Almost Adulting or Viola Benson and tell me your thoughts on what you think about Love is Blind season five so far. Love ya. Have a beautiful day. Don't be a Lydia. Mwah.